Well, good morning. I'm Pastor Rob. I'm one of the pastors here at Bridge, and I'm excited to uh, excited to speak this morning and um, and be with you all. Uh, this morning, uh, we're not just celebrating the guys, but we're celebrating, well, it's kind of a celebration. We're celebrating one more thing, and that is, is that today is the last message in our Rooted series. Can you believe that? If, you have, uh, if you've been part of Bridge for a while, we've been in this series since October 4th of 2020. It has been 35 weeks that we have journeyed through the book of Romans together, and um, is there, I wasn't going to do this, but I am. Was there anybody who says, I've heard all 35 messages from the book of Romans? Okay, cool. Yeah, good job. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I, uh, I was going to have everybody stand and then be like, sit down if you've heard one, two. But I figured like, I don't know how many people actually would have been present for 35 weeks of, uh, of the series in Romans. But it has been an awesome journey. It is... I hope that it's helped you grow in your faith. Um, it has strengthened me. It has challenged me. It has stretched me um, from, from listening to messages to preparing for messages through the book of Romans. It, ha- it, has, it has stretched me. And uh, we've talked about all sorts of topics. I, I mean, I don't think there's a topic out there that we really haven't covered through this, through this series. And so, um, so I, I hope that you've been blessed. And so this morning, we're going to wrap it up in Romans chapter 16. We're going to be in Romans chapter 16. So if you want to go ahead and, and turn, in your, turn in your Bibles there, um, there are Bibles in the, uh, underneath the seats in front of you. Um, if you don't have a Bible, feel free. You can take one of those with you this morning. And uh, yeah, when we get to Romans chapter 16 and, and we open and we start to read it, it very easily could be one of those chapters that we just skim through or, or skip over. Um, because it seems to be just like a bunch of names that are really hard to pronounce. Like, if, you, have you, if you've read this chapter, it goes name after name after name. And, um, but I think hidden uh, in, the, in the midst of, of these names are some, some observations that we can take a hold of and apply to our own lives. And actually, my first message at Bridge five years ago, I spoke using Romans 16 as a foundation for, for, uh, for, for that message. And um, kind of like almost for me, I was like, whoa, I, I've, I've preached from this before. Like it had, when I was prepping for this message, I was like, this is, it brings it, brings it full circle. And um, so let's dive into the word this morning. And, and I'm going to do something that's kind of a challenge. It's a challenge for me because you get to sit here and listen. But we're going to read this chapter t- together, and I'm going to read it out loud. And um, so forgive me if I butcher some of these names. Please forgive me, um, and, uh, and we can try to correct them as we go. How about that, okay? So let's read from Romans 16 together. Um, it says, I commend you, our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church at Centura. I ask you to receive her in the Lord, a way worthy of his people, to give her any help she may need from you. For she has been the benefactor of many people, including me. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets in their house. Greet my dear friend, Epinetus, who, has, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. Greet Anadronicus, 
and Junia, my fellow Jews who have been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the, the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Greet Ampelatius, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend Statius. Greet Apelles, whose fidelity to Christ has stood the test. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobus, Aristobulus, and <laughs> greet Heridian, my fellow Jew. Greet those in the house of Narcissus who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, those women who work hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, Persis, another woman who worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been a mother to me. Greet Asyncritus, Philagan, Hermes, Patrobus, Hermas, and other brothers and sisters with them. Greet Philogos, Julia, Nurus, and her sister, and Olympus, and all the Lord's people who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ sing greetings. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them. For such people are not serving the Lord, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Everyone heard about you. Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I rejoice because of you. But I want to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Timothy, my co-worker, sends his greetings to you, as do Lucius, Jason, and so Sospiter, my fellow Jews. I, Tertius, who wrote down this letter, greet you in the Lord. Gaius, whose hospitality, whose hospitality I and the whole church here enjoy, sends you his greetings. Erastus, who is, in the, who is the city's director of public works, and our brother Cartus send you their greetings. Now to him who is able to establish you in according with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ, in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes from faith. To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Father, I thank you so much for your word. God, I thank you for this group of people that we read about in Romans 16. God, I thank you for the instructions from Paul. Lord, I just pray that you would let your word um, just penetrate our hearts, give us open ears, open hearts, and God, give us open hands to receive, to hear, and to do what you, what you are calling us to. Lord, I just pray that you would... Um, let me speak clearly this morning. Let your Holy Spirit uh, use me to be a vessel to communicate your word uh, uh, correctly. And it's your name I pray. Amen. Amen. So here we are in chapter 16 of Romans. And um, I got to be honest with you, I didn't think we would ever make it. Like, um, as, we were, as we started this series back in Romans chapter 1, I was like, there's... I, there's no way we're going to make it to the end of this book. Like, every week it felt like, are we, are we ever going to get there? But we, we've made it. We've made it to the end. And, um, you know, chapter 16 follows 15 chapters of, of, that cover the theology of the gospel and then how you should live in light 
of the gospel message. And that's what the book of Romans is, is all about. And we get to this chapter that very easily could sound like a list of followers on, on Instagram or Twitter or, a, or Facebook friends list. Um, it could even sound like the, the credits at the end of a movie. Like if you watch, watch, watch the credit, credits at the end of the movie. Um, you know, they're names of unsung heroes of, of, of maybe the movie. You know, the credits that no one ever watches. Except for if you're weird like me and you watch the credits to look for the one person. The most important person in the movie. The boom pole operator. The boom pole operator is the most important person in the movie because if he wasn't holding the microphone over the, over the actors' heads the whole time, the movie would be pointless. If you're just watching people communicate but you can't actually hear them, how good would that movie be, right? He's the unsung hero. And that's kind of what these people are. These people in this chapter are not just stand-ins. They're not extras. They are the core of what made Paul's ministry successful, what made this letter so important. They are the ones that made the first 15 chapters, if you were to think about it, actually happen, along with the other books that Paul wrote throughout the New Testament. They are the boom pole operators, if you were to think about it, of, they made, of, of, the, of, the, of the message. And so as we look at this, I believe that there are, we look at this group, this group of people, I believe there are two um, kind of observations, um, characteristics that we can look at from these people's lives and take, them, take away and apply them to our own lives. And so I believe that these people first had an undivided community with a unified mission. An undivided community with a unified mission. And that is, that is the title of my, my message this morning. As I read this, as I read this chapter... I, I can't help but think about how these people were part of a community, a community of believers that were undivided. And we'll talk about how they were undivided, but these group of people went against social norms to stay together, to, to, to see the church thrive. And we look at this list of 29 names of diverse individuals. And, you know, if you look at a name, you can tell a lot about, in this day and age, you can tell a lot about where, who, where a person was from and maybe where they sat in, in their community based upon, based upon their name. See, we can tell that there are people here that were diverse and, and maybe their race and ethnicity. These names were Jewish names, Gentile names. They're names from the Middle East, Asia, and Europe, all mixed in among this, this group of people in the Roman church. See, having them all together in one church in this time period would have raised all sorts of cultural red flags, if you were to think about it in that way. Paul addressed a lot of these in the first 15 chapters. He addressed a lot of these, a lot of these issues. And we've talked about some of these issues over the past 35 weeks. The, some of these issues were mainly between the Jews and the Gentiles. And, and if you think about it in today's day and age, it might have just been easier for Paul to plant two churches in, the, in Rome, one for the Jews and one for the Gentiles, and then it would have avoided a whole mess of, of issues that came up in the church. But Paul knew that the unity and the community that these believers demonstrated together was important to the church's impact and the spread of the gospel around the world. 
We don't just see an undivided community that was made up of diverse races or ethnicities. We also see a community that is made up of different classes. See, there are people who are on this list from, from all different walks of life or different classes. And, and there's people like Aristobulus and from verse 10 and Narcissus from verse, verse 11. Both were heads of households or heads of a state. And, and, and Aristobulus was believed to be the great-grandson of Herod the Great, someone of great financial means. Erastus, Paul recognizes as a city treasurer. And then there are other names like, like Rufus and Urbanus that were very common slave names during this time period. And I think what is so important is that they all sit together, different races, different ethnicities, different classes in society, and they all sit together in the church as equals. During this time period, there was a great divide between the, between the classes. You know, the upper class didn't associate with the lower class in society. They didn't even talk to, to the, the slaves wouldn't even talk to, to, the, to the upper class in, in, the, in society and in their culture. But in the church, they were an undivided community. And as we read through this verse, we get to verse 16, and, and Paul, Paul instructs the church to greet each other with a holy kiss. And now I know that for some people, you might have looked at your neighbor and said, hey, pucker up, baby. Like, I'm finally listening to what Scripture says. But that's not what he was talking about. The key word here is holy kiss. And, um, but this kiss on the cheek was a sign of equality. It was a sign of friendship. In an undivided community, the norms of society are broken. And royalty and slave can meet together as equals. And I love that, I, lo- I read this quote, and I love this quote. It says that there's only one race of people, human. There's only one class, sinner. And there's only one hope, the grace of Jesus Christ. In the undivided community, there's not a separation of races and ethnicities or separation of classes. They meet together as one group, one body. We also see from this group of people, uh, uh, Paul, Paul distinctly mentions men and women. He, he separates gender here. He separates it out. He separates it out. And we see eight women named here in this chapter who were intentionally named. And I believe they were intentionally named because in the Roman society, it was a very male-dominated society. Women weren't like spoken of, if you would, especially in a letter or, or something like that, something like that, or in public. But in this undivided community, women were important. Paul called them co-laborers. I mean, look at Phoebe. Phoebe was the deaconess, and she's the one who was responsible for making sure that this letter actually got shared with, all, with the church in Rome. She actually was responsible for the one who, who delivered it. She would even be the one to where if the church, someone in the church had questions, that she would address the questions about maybe the theology that Paul was talking about. She was a very important, she was a minister alongside Paul. She was tasked with bringing the book of Romans to the Roman church. Priscilla from the book of Acts is pointed out here. She was, she was a person who helped mentor Apollos, which if you know Apollos, Apollos was one of the missionaries who, who helped spread the gospel throughout the world. The point 
is that these women were important. They were prominent. They were in, influential in an undivided community. So we see an undivided community of diverse race and ethnicity, different classes, both male and female. And finally, um, the most important, I believe that they were an undivided community that valued relationship. An undivided community that valued relationships. See, ethnically diverse friends, both slave and free, rich and poor, men and women. And society says, oftentimes, to have friends who are like you, right? Like in our society, have friends who are like you. Do life with those who do the things that you do. Be in relationship with people if it's easy and you have time, right? And if I'm honest, for me, this is just being real talk here, isolation sometimes seems easier than pursuing relationship. Just being real. Relationships can be a lot of work. They can cause a lot of pain. They can be messy. So it's easier sometimes for me just to say, I'm going to isolate. And as I've gotten older, I've noticed that isolation has become easier and easier. And you say, Pastor Rob, you're not that old. That's my point. <laughs> I'm not that old. Yet isolation has become easier. And I think about people. I think about, I'm just going to be, think about my grandfather. And I called him this morning to ask him if I could share this. So I have permission. He's watching on live stream. So I have permission to share this this morning. But I think about people like my grandfather this morning. And I hear stories that my grandfather would share, you know, of all of his friends, his brothers, you know, people that he did life with and how much crazy trouble that they got into. It's a miracle that he's 80 some, 82 years old and is still alive. Like, it's a miracle. But the things that they used to do, they used to hang out together. I remember as a, young, as a young kid growing up, people always stopping by the house to hang out with Pap, you know, like spend time with Pap. But I've noticed that as him and his friends have gotten older, the less that they do life together. No one stops by the house anymore. They all do life kind of on their own. They all live with it. I mean, most of them, that you could walk to each other's house still. But they don't ever, they never do life together. They never talk to each other. And that's a dangerous path. That's a dangerous path. I mean, that's the reason I think Fight Club is so important, specifically for men. And it's not how we're designed to live. Like, let's just be real. Isolation is not how we are designed to live. We're designed for community. And if you look at this group of people, they were all connected as part of a church. They were all connected in community. They all were in relationship with Paul. And Paul was writing this letter from over 600 miles away. Yet Paul felt a personal connection to each one of these individuals that, that, he, that he writes about here. And I hear this oftentimes, you hear me say this oftentimes, you hear me say, who are you doing life with, right? Like, if you've been at Bridge and you've heard me speak, I say, who are you doing life with? Somebody comes to me and says, hey, you know, I'm walking through this or I need prayer for this. I'll pray for you, but I'm also going to challenge you and say, who are you doing life with? Who can walk with you through this? But oftentimes in the church, and, and often Christians wear this badge and they say, it's me and Jesus, and that's all that matters. And can I tell you, that's actually wrong because it's me and Jesus and that's all that matters isn't a sign of spiritual maturity. It's actually very dangerous. Tim Keller says this. He says, Adam was not lonely because he was imperfect, but because he was perfect. The ache for friends is the one ache that's not a result of sin, 
God made us in such a way that we couldn't even enjoy paradise without friends, human friends. Adam had a perfect quiet time every day for 24 hours a day with God, yet he still needed friends. If you're lonely, you aren't dysfunctional. You're healthy. You're lonely because you're not a tree. You're lonely because you're not a machine. To need deep spiritual friendships is not a sign of spiritual immaturity, but of maturity. It's not a sign of weakness, but a sign of health. The health of your walk with Jesus is measured less by how much you know or how gifted you are, and more by how well you're connected to the community and the body of Christ. These people, they were connected. They were, they were about one thing, which we're going to talk about. They were about one mission. They were doing life together, different races, different ethnicities, different class systems, different, different genders. All had importance in this community. And can I warn you to be aware of the busyness that cuts you off from community because it can be cutting you off from spiritual health. Don't give in to the norms of society that says be alone or do life with just the people who, who, who are just like you. Be in undivided community that values relationships. And I love that how when Paul writes about these people in Romans 16, he doesn't talk about how important they are, or he doesn't talk about how much money they had given to the church. He doesn't talk about how gifted they were, or how qualified they were, or how many, uh, what their resume was like. Over and over, he praises one thing, their devotion to God and their devotion to the church and to the community of believers. So the first characteristic I believe that we can really pull from as believers today, from Romans 16, is to be part of an undivided community. And I think the second one is to be about a unified mission. To be about a unified mission. These people were an uni undivided community with a unified mission. See, the, the people mentioned in Romans 16, they were unified in making ministry happen and seeing the gospel spread and seeing the church thrive. And most of them are not ever mentioned again. I mean, out of the 29, only a few of them have been mentioned in any other book, uh, book of the Bible. But they were about the gospel going forth. Many of them played an integral part in Paul's life and ministry. I mean, you uh, look at the, the guy here his, in verse 22. His name's Ter Tertius. He wrote this letter. He was a scribe, if you would, for Paul, right? So, so he, he was an integral part of the gospel taking place. Priscilla and Aquila in verse 3, they risked their lives for the gospel. They opened their home for the church to meet in their houses. And then you have, then you have an unnamed lady who just goes by Rufus's mom. How many of you guys ever had that before, right? Like, you know, well, that must be Rob's mom, right? Let's talk about, you know, my mom always used to hate being addressed as Rob's mom, right? Or, or my, or, or my, for my, for my dad, had been, or Bob's wife, right? So how many of you guys ever get addressed that way, right? Like, before long, Christy's going to be Zebediah's mom, you know, like, that's how she's going to be addressed. But you have this lady, not even named, Rufus's mom, 
who evidently played such a major role in peace in Paul's life that he said that she was like a mother to him. And the list goes on. And most of these people will never hear from again. But they had a huge impact in the gospel, in the spread of the gospel. And see, if we look back at history, we see that at the end of the first century, there were three major, like, church planting movements or centers, if you were to think about it that way. And the founding church was, in, was, in, was, was recorded in Luke 11, and it was in Antioch. And the author, the, Luke 11, talks about the church, and then in Acts, uh, we see the church talked about again in Acts 11. And the author of Acts doesn't even mention anybody who was part of this church. He just, he said, this is the quote. The quote is, and the Lord's hand was with them. Them. Like, that's how they're addressed. They were the first church that was planted, yet the writer didn't feel like it was important to mention the names of the people or anybody who was part of them. It was just them. Them. And Paul felt it so important, right, that these people say played such an important role in his life that he would mention these people's names. It wasn't like he mentioned person one, right? Like if you're like watching the credits at the end of the movie, person one, stand in, bystander two, right? Have you ever seen those? Like cop three, like which cop was that? There were 12 cops in the movie. How do I know which one was who? But Paul lists the, lists the credits. That first church that was planted would be eventually the church that would send Paul out to help spread the gospel throughout the, and throughout the entire, entire, and throughout the world. And then you have Paul who lists these names, unknown people who worked hard, sacrificed, suffered. Some even died for the unified mission of seeing the gospel spread and the church thrive. And because they did that, these people in Romans 16, they did that. We are here today. Because they were faithful we have a chance to hear. And I believe that it's our turn now. What would Paul's letter be? What would Romans 16 look like if Paul was writing a letter to the Bridge Community Church, if you were to think about it that way? Would Paul mention your name? Have you taken hold of the unified mission? See, we all have a mission. What is the unified mission? We're all called to a mission it's from Matthew 28, 19 and 20. It says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. Jesus' last commandment given to the disciples is the commandment for us today. Go, spread the gospel. Go, make disciples. Go tell them what you know, what I've taught you. And what I love about these people in Romans, they probably didn't all feel qualified to do the things they were doing. They were hard workers. You see that over and over. They were hard workers. They probably didn't feel qualified to participate in this mission. Their community was diverse. It would have been very uncomfortable for the, for the slave to sit next to, 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 the, to, to, the, to the royalty in the church. But they did it. Because they were undivided community, and they were about one mission. They were unified. They went against the norms of society. They took a risk to be uncomfortable, to fulfill the mission. 
And I think about in my life, the people in my life who are on my maybe Romans 16 list, like not my, I can't share my story without mentioning people like Mr. Elkins, who was an old gentleman. I mean, I was in elementary school and he was old then. And he was an old guy in our church. He was my elementary Sunday school teacher, right? I guarantee you this guy, he couldn't even write. Talk about not feeling qualified, but he shared the gospel message with a bunch of elementary school kids with me. Took time out of his day to take me fishing. One of the reasons I love fishing today is because Mr. Elkins, whenever I was in four, five, six, seven years old, spent time in my life taking me fishing, telling me about the faithfulness of Jesus. I can't tell my story today without mentioning people like Mike, my high school principal who was a believer, who would pull me out of class and take me to lunch during, during middle school and, and high school, without mentioning people like Carl Redding, who was my youth pastor, who would literally make things up at the church for me to do so I could be out of my house, out of the situation that I was, that, that, the, some of the situations my life was walking through, so I could spend time and, and be with him pouring into my life, talking to me about Jesus. Many other people that I look up to and I've admired, Milford Waters, Jason Lamer, Lee Rogers, Don Emmel, Dave Lynch, these are just some of the people who are on my Romans 16 list. They spent time, they listened, they walked alongside, and they impacted me with the gospel. Maybe not with their words every single time, but with their actions. They were unified about a mission. Different walks of life, different places in, 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 their, in their life, in their society, in our society, in our culture. Can I ask you, whose Romans 16 list are you on? Who are the people that can say that person was intentional in their life? They were on mission. They were unified about a mission of speaking into my life. They discipled me. They shared the gospel with me. They walked with me. They invited me into their community. There's something different about them. See, Paul stops then in Romans 16 and verse 17, and he says this. He says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them, for such people are not serving our Lord, Lord Christ, but their own appetites. Appetites By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I rejoice because of you. But I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. He says, be an undivided community with a unified mission. Don't be distracted by anything other than the most important. The most important thing in the book of Romans is the gospel message. He talks about the theology of the gospel and then how you should live your life in light of the gospel message. Paul says, I've spent 15 chapters talking about the gospel. Don't let somebody else's words deceive you, distract you, divide you, or block you from what you have learned. The same goes for us here at Bridge. We spent 35 weeks talking about Romans, the 15 first 15 chapters in Romans. Don't be divided or distracted by talk that isn't focused on what is good, the undivided community, and the unified mission of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are you committed to the mission? Are you part of an undivided community? Don't be distracted by things that don't matter. Be focused on the most important. 
And I believe that we are called as a, as a body of believers to, to look at these two characteristics and apply them to our own lives. And just very practically, church, like I'm just going to be completely real this morning, right? There are many ways that Bridge over the years has tried to create as many on-ramps as possible for people to be part of, this, of these, two, these two very important, very important characteristics of believers, of a church, an undivided community, and unified mission. So here's ways that you can practically be involved with an undivided community. We talked about it, like, during the announcement video. Fight club, right? Like, that is one major way you can be part of undivided community. Community groups, another way you can be part of an undivided community. Hey, guess what? Today, in 20 minutes, 40 minutes, whenever I get done preaching, you could invite somebody. I'm just kidding. That's a joke. Um, everybody's like, what? <laughs> when I get done preaching, you could invite somebody to brunch or lunch and be part of an undivided community. Be intentional in your time. And who are you doing life with? I'm going to ask that question. Who are you doing life with? You have a great opportunity to be a Priscilla or Aquila, to open your home, to invite people into your life, and for community to happen. How can you be involved in the unified mission of the church? To share the gospel, disciple others. We have great opportunities this summer to see those things take place. Through our LEAP program, you want to talk about an awesome opportunity to be on somebody on a student's Romans 16 list to make an impact in somebody's life? LEAP is a great opportunity to be able to talk, to, to be able to share life, do life with, with students from our community who may or may not know Jesus. A great opportunity to make an impact in their lives right there through LEAP. You heard Christine, Pastor Christine, during our, during our announcements this morning saying that Bridge Kids Needs Volunteers. Talk about you know, being able to pour into who's going to be, I want to ask you, who's going to be the Mr. Elkins to the kids who are in our, in our, in our classes back there? Who's going to be the person who's going to come alongside and say, hey, you know what, I can take time and I can step into a classroom. I don't, you don't have to teach, but I could walk life with some of these kids in Bridge Kids. Multiple opportunities across the church to be a, to be a Phoebe or an Urbanus or a Persistus to students right here at Bridge. And as a church, we try to create these opportunities to be about a unified mission. And if not one of these opportunities, then who is it? What part of the unified mission of sharing the gospel and discipling? Like, Jesus didn't say just go share the gospel. He said go make disciples. He said, teach them what you know. He didn't say, have everything figured out and, and be perfect. He said, teach them what you've learned. And I'm sure that some of these disciples still were walking life and trying to figure things out, right? Go, make disciples. Teach them what you know. Be part of the unified mission. Who is God calling you to, to be part of that? And that's the worship team that come this morning. And, and lastly, at the end of Romans chapter 16, Paul ends the chapter very uniquely in the way that he started in chapter 1. And in Romans 16, 25, he prays this. He says, Now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ. And that word able right there in, in this verse, is this, in the Greek, is the same word that Paul uses in Romans 1, in verse 16, when he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, 
because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone. That word able and the word power are the same word in the Greek text. It's the word that is dynamo. It's the power of God. And so Paul is saying that the same power of God that he uses to save us, right? Everyone who's a believer, it's the power of God that saves us by the gospel. In the same power of God, he uses to strengthen us in the gospel. And it's the same power that he uses, that he, that he gives us strength to walk out the gospel. The power of God through the Holy Spirit. It's not just the power to begin in Christ, but it's the power to grow in Christ. And we can't do this with, we can't do any of this without the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's a power to put aside the walls of division and to set aside maybe the norms of society that say to our lives, you should do this, you should do that, and be part of an undivided community. It's a power to avoid distractions and focus on the unified mission that he calls every believer, that Jesus calls every believer to. We can't do this on our own. We can only do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so this morning, I'm actually, we're going to close a little bit differently. And um, I might stretch some of you. And we talked about being uncomfortable, right? And we talked about a church, a group of people who, you know, were diverse, right? They were diverse where they come from. They're diverse in, in like who their friends were and that sort of idea. So I'm going to stretch some of you this morning. You're saying, Pastor Rob, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? Well, I'm going to challenge you this morning. I'm going to challenge you right now to look around at who's sitting around you. Just look around. Like you, you might have to actually move for this because I'm going to ask you to actually break up into some small groups and we're going to have, I'm going to put some discussion questions on the screen and the band's going to play a song and they're not going to sing. They're just going to play a song and have time for you guys to discuss some of these questions I'm going to put on the screen because I believe that this is, we're an undivided community, right? Church. We're part of a body of believers. And so if you're new with us this morning, I'm sorry. This is going to stretch you a little bit. But we love you. And, and we're, 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 hopefully you'll be able to introduce, introduce yourselves to each other and get to know one another. But I'm going to put some questions on the screen. You don't have to feel like every person has to talk about each one. But I'm going to challenge you to, to, to maybe discuss some of these questions. How are you connected to the undivided community of believers? How are you participating in the unified mission? And I put the scripture there. Who's on your Romans 16 list? Who is it in your, who has, who has spoken into your life? Who has impacted your faith journey? Whose Romans 16 list are you on? So who is it that you have intentionally journeyed with or you are targeting to, 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 to journey with? Doesn't mean you have to have done it. Maybe it's somebody that you could, you can target. So Go ahead. I'm going to give you a few minutes to move. And if you're joining us online, I would, I would challenge you to gather with the people who you're watching with this morning and discuss some of these questions. So, um, yeah, the band's going to play. And I'm going to invite you. Go ahead and move however you need to do. If you, I'm going to even give you permission. If you need to move chairs, you can move chairs this morning to make this happen, okay? Okay.